Well, hello there. My name is Richard Wick, and I'd like to welcome you to the Some Other Useless Podcast. Um, I'm going to just get right into it, of why I decided to do a podcast. There are so many people out there have lots of ideas, have lots of opinions, and basically since 2016 I have kind of sheltered myself from what I put out there. Um... And it's kind of, in a way, kind of gotten to my mind of how to think of how I want to, what direction I want to go in, I guess I should say. Um, Politics leads you down a road that, for either way, for either side, can be very, very um, depressing. And it also kind of sucks you down into this path of um, you're never going to be right because they want to be right. And that's what the show is going to be about. Um, I'm going to go into some uh, specific specific things uh, as well as some generic topics. They kind of relate to everything. and um, But I want to do it in a way where I'm putting a logical take on it. And it's kind of hard for me, after all these years trying to decide what should I do. I don't want to, I don't want to be a vlogger. I never got into being a heavy YouTuber uh, because I feel that there is a stigma attached to those people. And when you know it, in the past couple of years, things have come to light of different YouTubers out there. So you watch what kind of content you put out there, and it's kind of like this self-censorship. There's censorship, and there's also kind of self-censorship. Because you have companies, you have people telling you, you can't talk a certain way, you can't say certain things. Then you have yourself, where you go, well, I know I don't want to say certain things to offend, you know, everybody. And that's not what this is supposed to be about. I just want I just want to kind of go into these topics that kind of interest me. That for many years I have never attached any you know posted a joke on Twitter or some kind of meme on Facebook isn't a done deal with me. I I, I can't leave it at that. I want to be original. And that's what I think, that there's a, there's a lot of unoriginality out there. Art it's in itself is derivative. I mean, everything is attached to everything. Just as the people that inspire me have been inspired by other people have been, that I'm also inspired by. And it kind of goes down this whole thing, this whole spiral of this collaborative group of people with different ideas that are somehow strung together. And that relates to people who are in the industry and relates to people who aren't. Um, But I want this show to kind of be like my voice that I've kind of not really put myself out there too much. Um, Like I said, sheltered myself. When you see something come across on Facebook, you know, you just have that. I don't think people stop themselves like they think they like they think they do. 
um, examples are they don't think before they speak. And now it's like they don't think before they post. And talking about celebrities, they're even worse because they have all these things attached to them where they have to come forward and, you know, say, no, that's not what I meant. Or that's completely uh, out of context or what have you. And for, you know, other people, your neighbors, your friends, your family, everybody is now connected into this social circle. Everybody wants to be an influencer. And they might not like, I don't even like the word influencer because, again, it's a stigma. It's, it's attached to all these things that it started out like a great idea. And then because of what is attached to it, people always find some way to make something good, make evil out of it. There's always good and evil. Everything in life is good and evil. Evil is like a really strong word, I guess. I guess you could say good and bad. Um, but it does kind of go down a certain path eventually into evil. But as an someone who wants to be an influencer, I mean, in, in, in this day and age, 2021, to come out and say you want to be an influencer is kind of, you know, ridiculous. It's uh, unnecessary. Um, it's lame. It's, you know, it, and you don't want to be called these things. People everywhere want to be viral want to go viral they want to be part of the popular trends they want to create their own trends they don't understand why their trends aren't trending so they try to make something out of that um and i think from what i just said you can tell that i'm talking about tiktok tiktok was a whole different experience to me um because about three years ago i started using a different uh network social network that was kind of similar to tiktok but the stakes were kind of higher because based off creativity you were kind of rewarded and i i like that aspect you know I, I found different ways to make a little bit of money it's kind of like an incentive of you know get paid doing what you love and so many sites out there want to promote that, you know, get paid doing what you love. But then there's always somebody that doesn't always get, you know, the best deal out of things. So that experience, like three years ago, led me to be creative. And it showed me this world that was ultimately random. I mean, YouTube to me, I never, I never got ideas to do stuff like that on YouTube. And now people just get on their phone and they, they could film anything. Um, dance to music, lip sync. I mean, that's how far we've come in this world where lip syncing is actually more popular or as popular as the people who sing the songs. And as long as something's integrated where the artist can get paid some kind of royalty, then it's all good. Well, guess what? Years ago, we didn't have stuff like that, and I thought to go the original route, and I'm not a singer, I'm not a dancer, so I never wanted to use music that didn't belong to me. I always wanted to try to be, you know, as, as original as I can be. 
And I, I, I never went viral, you know, um, because of that. So fast forward to now where anybody could just, you know, flip up on their phone and go right to an app and upload anything that comes out of their head. And a lot of stuff that comes out of their head is based off stuff that comes out of other people's heads. And that's what TikTok is. And I have rebooted myself so many times on there, thinking I'm going to make this series of videos that's completely... I'm always random. Do that series of videos that's, that's completely random. And then see what becomes of that. And a lot of my confidence, it's like it's like a focus group. You actually go through two focus groups on TikTok. You go through their algorithm, whether they want people to see it or not, and then it actually goes to these people, and then the people decide if it should be seen to other people. And then when it comes down to it, if you see one of your ideas that doesn't get noticed then you feel like you failed. And the way I look at it is I'm putting out ideas that, you know, are fluff, that don't really mean anything. Uh, I feel like I haven't put a lot of work into TikTok yet because I've seen what happens to the people who do really great at it. And I've seen the, the people who do moderately well are better than the ones who are really great at it. And I mean, like, I mean, there's so many, so many people out there. Your celebrities are a given. They want to be part of it. Okay, fine. Celebrities always find some way to get in to whatever the public has. All of a sudden, your favorite actor has their own YouTube channel. Your favorite actor has an Instagram. They're going live just as you're going live. Some, in some instances, they can get as many views as you are somehow. Or you could get more than them. It differs. Because I think that somebody's controlling the information that's being put out there. And not every it, it looks like everybody's having an access to everything. So if it looks like people are having access to everything and people aren't, that's what stopped me from creating. Uh, the Facebook algorithm, which is a whole bunch of crap. Uh, you want to put stuff out there and you're not going to know... You're not going to know if the stuff gets seen. Just like TikTok, you don't know if the stuff is going to get seen. You think you think you failed. What if you didn't fail in the way that you thought you did? You think your video didn't get seen. Maybe it is. It's just not good. And that's what it comes down to. And that's what all these social networks are all about. And they, each one of them wants to pick and choose where your ideas go. And if as long as you're not, you know, that, and this is what gets into politics. If that's, if that's your realm, which I strayed away from um, completely, because when I dabbled in it years ago, you know, you get flack on things that, you know, you just want to have fun. If you're trying to find some exciting way to make something out of something depressing or something that's bad out there. Everybody wants to turn it around and turn it into something better. 
And last year, 2020, was the ultimate example of, you know, well, let's see what creativity goes when the world is in a panic. And guess what? The world was in a panic. And I think that TikTok actually thrived better last year. I think... When I say that, I think that... I think there's ideas that change. Like when you would go see a viral video... A lot of times I don't know what a viral video is. I get told what's viral. So then I see it and I go, Really? By the time I get to it, you know, very selective of their videos, you go, well, that's a, yeah, that, well, that's a movie trailer. Of course, the movie trailer is going to go viral. But if there's something in it that, you know, somebody really, really likes, then the people cling on to that. But in terms of me wanting to go viral or trend, what stopped me is from not knowing whether my stuff has been seen. What if your stuff is being seen? It's just not likable. It's just people aren't responding to it, which is which is the main. It's the main. It's the key to it all. Uh, it comes down to it. Interaction is key. And what really boggled my mind was years ago when I started doing a series. I could barely get people to get on board with watching a video. And I, and I never wanted to be the person to force something on somebody, which I guess I should have. You know, I would have been more successful that way, right? If I was always begging people to subscribe, to subscribe, to subscribe, I would be successful, right? Or would I be in one of those videos they put under a microscope and go, maybe this guy isn't all there. He's putting out too many videos. Um, and there is no point to it. Have an idea, find your point, make that point, and then whatever people respond from that, you know, and it goes back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, when celebrities say things that they think is taken out of context. I don't think anybody should apologize. I don't believe any apology from an actor that comes forward and says, you know what, I'm sorry I said that. There's always something that, that is in the news where a celebrity, it doesn't really matter if your relative or family member says that they're sorry for saying something, that, like, a, like a distant person that you see on, only online. Not the people you live with, but the people that you rarely see. Celebrities are different. When a celebrity comes forward and apologizes for something they said, um, it's... It's ridiculous. It's 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 frivolous. It's um, pointless. It's a lot of lists. It's it's useless um, in many many ways. And I don't. I only think that an actor should apologize if something truly is verified to a point, completely out of context where. The intention of what was said is different. But if you say something, and you know what the intention was, and then you try to go back on that, no, 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 no. You can't be sorry about something that if you got caught doing something. No, I'm sorry. Like, like a movie. When a movie comes out and it bombs, 
people don't like it. And the filmmakers and the actors in it don't like it. Really? They, they go this whole time and all the actors feel like they have to say that they're sorry they're in it. As an artist, as a filmmaker, as an actor, as a writer, I hate that. And I would absolutely hate it if I hired an actor or a group of people who collaborated with me. And everybody's had a good time. Everybody's had a great time. Oh, yeah, we're having a great time. And then the project comes out. Nobody likes it. And then it turns into, well, you know what? He did kind of treat me badly on one day. I think that, you know, that, that might have been why it didn't do so well. So it turns into this whole thing, and then it's like the whole project just goes, it's like, what? So they, so they apologize for the project. Great example is Cats. <laughs> I personally, when I saw the trailer, did not want to see it. Did not, it, it, it wasn't for me. I knew it wasn't for me. I'm not going to sit there and watch a, vi uh, a movie that is not for me and and want to be surprised. Like, I come out going, you know, it's really not too bad. Or, or as people are saying, it is bad. I go into it saying, it's not that bad. I never got to that point. I never got to the point where I wanted to go in and see it at all. The movie comes out. People, people immediately didn't like the trailer. When it first came out. And this is about artists collaborating. And that's why I'm talking about this. The movie comes out. And at first everybody's excited about it. You know, maybe they, they, maybe they are a little excited. Not too excited for some reason. They start getting less excited once the movie comes out. Once people start watching it, you know. So, you have a group of people, after the movie comes out, kind of, in a way, not want to talk about it ever again. Like, like, like that whole movie didn't even happen, or something. I never saw the post-interviews, but all the reviews just kind of made it like, you know, we're not even going to talk about it with the people. You know, why, why even bring it up? Like, so many people like Taylor Swift and James Corden... And um, uh, Dame Judy Dench, they're all attached to this thing. And then once it comes out, and after it fizzles, it's like nobody wants to talk about it ever again. Nobody wants to approach Dame Judy Dench. Uh, I didn't pay attention to James Corden's monologues during that time frame, but I can only imagine that. He probably didn't. He probably, they act like they wanted to distance themselves from the project. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I was curious about the technology. A video popped up on YouTube talking about, you know, the movie before it came out. You know, this is how this is how the world works. I I, I watched a video on. Like a little quick behind-the-scenes thing of the Cats movie. Everybody in that movie 
whether it was being like they were told to sell it this way or whatever. Some things I think you could get away with making it sound like you had a better time than you did. But sometimes there's artists, like if you're working with popular people, they're going to enjoy that process. They're going to enjoy working together. And that's what Cats was. Everybody was happy. <laughs> you watch the featurette and everybody was like excited about it. And then the movie comes out. And then nobody's like, it sucks. You know, it's, it's freaky looking. And then there was talks of changing the effects on it. And then just kind of, you know, you, you see how excited people got about the energy they put into it. And then you saw the response afterwards. And then everyone felt like they had to go down with that ship or distance themselves from that ship. And I, as a filmmaker, who hasn't made a whole lot of serious projects, am kind of fearful of the idea that somebody would come forward and say they didn't have fun when I know that they did. You know, you, you could instantly get things on set. If people are going to work together or decide not to, if something doesn't work out, you know, there's always those things that, that, that can't help from coming out. But if everything looked good, if everything worked at the time, and now I'm talking about you know one of my projects, years down the road, somebody comes in, says they didn't have fun on my show. I would be so disillusioned. And it would be hard to separate from that. And it would be hard to look at other projects. And that's what stopped me from creating for the past couple of years. Heavily creating, I should say. Because when I put stuff out there, I watch what I put out there. And wouldn't you know it, whenever I get the slightly tidbit of a political view, that's, that's the instinct that people respond to. And that example comes from Facebook of years of promoting random funny videos that I would make just to get a rise out of people. Sometimes, you know, just to see what's going on out there and get somebody's attention. That didn't get a whole lot of attention. <laughs> but once you start getting under somebody's nerve, that's what does it. That's what gets the reaction. So... In 2016, as it, as it got closer before 2016, but once it hit 2016, it was ultimately difficult to create something positive. Because either side has its advantages and disadvantages. And if you're a comedian, if you're an entertainer, and you decide to lean one way, you've automatically divided your audience. 
And you gotta see who is your audience. Who is watching you? Who is paying attention to you? And if they're only paying attention to the political things, if they're only paying attention to things that... And very rarely would I have anybody agree with me. This happens to a lot of people. Not just me. I'm not saying it just happens to me. The struggle of being positive about it is really difficult. Because... There's so many things attached to this. Of putting out something random and getting a reaction. I remember putting out a, a video that wasn't even mine. And somebody just has to get on the bandwagon and start talking. And then chime in with their view. And then it goes back to, well, then why did I post it? Did I want that response? What did I think I was going to get with that response? I think that sometimes people for a split second are posting things obviously to get reactions, obviously to get likes, obviously to get some sort of, you know, spotlight on them. But a lot of times people just feel like, I'm going to put that out there, and that's mine. And then somebody says, well, you know, that's great, but here's mine. And it just, it, it builds from there. So politically, you got to decide. Either way, it's, it's a trap. Either way, if I choose to be serious about a subject, it's going to be a trap still. If I choose to do something funny, it is still that same feeling. If you're making fun of one political party... Only one side is going to like it. It's going to be the opposite. My advice would be to somehow create this... There used to be a neutral thinking or toleration of the other side. Because if we live in America, and there's the amendments, and there's the second uh, the First Amendment of the Freedom of Speech and Freedom of Religion, and all that, People have the right to say whatever they want, right? Well, to an extent. As long as whatever you say doesn't counteract to what I say, because I also have the right to say whatever I want. Um, and then you think, well, then what do I do? If you're allowed to say whatever you say, and I'm allowed to say whatever I say, this is going to go in circles. And then it goes back to the influencer thing. Influence, influencer in the in the context of influence. Take it away from the TikTok photographer uh, model influencer aspect of it. I'm talking about the influence of opinion, which is what your neighbor wants to do. It's what your friend wants to do. The friend you haven't seen in a while. Majority when I grew up, I knew that I grew up in a, in a particular town with a particular political party in mind. I knew it. I could tell. I was surprised, though, as the years went on, that a lot of, I, a lot of our ideas, a lot of our views kind of shifted and transitioned together. 
And for me, I'm always surprised by the people who aren't on my wavelength. But I'm really surprised by the people who still are. Like the people that... Like the friends that I can still be comfortable hanging around because they know how I think and I know how they think. I, I know a glimpse of what they think. And if they're always posting about their children, that that makes it even more so. That makes their opinion, you know, ten times greater because they have their children involved and they want to make it apparent that they're a parent. That whatever they say, whatever they whatever they value in life is the same traditional values that their children are going to grow up with. And I don't have any children. So when I have opinions that reach a particular spectrum, I don't want to say things that can offend people to, you know, I go back and forth with my thinking. But when it comes down to it, I've never really officially come out really and done it. But there was one time that a girl was offended by something that I did. It was years ago during one of my Christmas specials. I had it that Santa Claus, you know, something happens to Santa Claus in the special. And the whole thing was that it was this huge giant mystery. Santa Claus is dead, is what the headline said. And I'm putting that out there. And wouldn't you know it, one of my quote-unquote friends, you know, that I could care less about, because I didn't really know her, she was probably one of those uh, people you may know, may know, you know, like way down the line. Oh, you are friends with someone that I... I'm not too sure why I'm friends with them. Okay, okay, that's who you are. Okay, so when you say what you say, the value of that drops. And she confronted me about the Santa Claus of the Dead. She said, hey, you know, she gets on this whole thing and she starts cussing at me. She says, hey, my kid sees this. My kid sees my Facebook. Okay. I'm in control of that. I'm not friends with your kid on Facebook. I... Don't even know why I'm friends with you, so thank you for unfriending me. That was very kind of you. And I, I just kind of left it at the end of, you know, the way she kind of talked to me. I was like, you know, well, the way you're talking to me is, you know, just as bad as, you know, me saying Santa Claus is dead. And we just kind of left it at that note, and she just kind of, you know, went away. Again, that's the kind of response that I would get to something like that. And that was years ago. So now when I post things, you know, it's it's like, well, who's going to see it? You know, what are the odds that it's going to be somebody that shouldn't see it? Well, who shouldn't see these things, you know? And why is the Facebook algorithm always showing it to people who don't want to see it? And then you read headlines about the different algorithms that, that go on of, you know, well, Facebook only wants you to see certain things at certain times. And it's like, yeah, I remember that one time where they always wanted me to watch a video. Every every post in my feed had a video that was going to automatically play that I had to scroll through. So I knew the algorithm for that day was, it's video day. So I scrolled through that, 
and got through it. And then all of a sudden you see these trends of people just, you know, <laughs> it starts being kind of boring. Um, you're, you're going through Facebook and all of a sudden Facebook turns into, what's everybody doing? Is everybody else having this problem? I can't log into Facebook today. Most of people's Facebook posts. Most of everybody's social network posts are complaining about the network that they are on. TikTok is the worst because people will get on there and most of their content is what they choose to do. Lip sync, dance, make a funny joke, whatever. And then the other side of it is complaining that their videos aren't being seen. I've seen it. I've done a little bit of it as a satire because I just think it's kind of funny to think that you're that great at TikTok that you think, why is anybody seeing my stuff? Am I shadow banned? Everybody thinks that they're shadow banned. Maybe you just suck. And people don't. I have problems with a lot of my ideas that I do. I have a notebook full of stuff that I haven't done yet. I have a notebook full of stuff that I have done. I'm not too sure about the notebook of the stuff that I have officially crossed off and I am proud of. I have not done that yet. Which goes back to what I was saying about the focus group. You have an idea, you put it out there, and you think, well, just because it didn't get a response, then it failed. Or you didn't get the response that you want. And yes, TikTok is really bad at that. But it also kind of makes you think for a second. Did I really think, like people complain about their videos not being seen. Do you really think that your videos are that great that you need to be constantly, constantly complaining about it? It is the most tiring thing. And it sucks me out of it. I don't know how many times I go, every day, Every day I use TikTok. Sometimes I have to stop using it just because I get tired of seeing it. The algorithm just shows me people complaining about losing their account. And, and there's different instances where they, they lose their account. And it is kind of a hypocritical thing of TikTok. And, and it is bad where um, somebody will do something offensive. And then somebody reacted to that thing that's offensive the person reacting to it will get banned. So that that's kind of like when it goes into it's kind of control of censorship, self-censorship. You're being told your your one idea is being censored over another idea. You know, if I have a view of somebody, or if they if they have a view of me, they make a video about a view of me and I try to respond to that. Depending on my reaction, they could come after me because they don't like that I tried to defend myself. I don't, I don't hear very many success stories in that. And that's when it goes back to, you know, draining yourself creatively, not knowing who your audience is, not knowing who's watching, not knowing who's seeing it when they should be seeing it. And if you're part of a video network that is going to be set up like that, where they only want to show what's good, then that's the automatic flag of red flag of saying, well, whatever you're doing is not good. 
And sometimes I am in agreement of that. Or I feel like if my video doesn't get out there, I kind of, I kind of knew that. I kind of knew it wasn't going to get out there. Well, why did I do it? I wanted to be part of the experience. So doing this show is what I'm getting to. It's going to be my way of staying in touch with a lot of you and sharing my ideas that, are e that will either come to light in real form of a video, a movie, uh, hopefully not another podcast. It would be really ridiculous if this, you know, if I got so popular that all of a sudden it spun off into another podcast and then I could create another character and then that character could interact and then that, that, that's synergy right there where it would just build off, build off, build off. And then all of a sudden this voice comes on and says, hello, I am, you know, so-and-so and, -so, and uh, I am a derivative of some other useless company. And then it just becomes this, you know, really big, big thing. Everybody wants their idea. Everybody, everybody wants their voice to be heard, which is the point of podcasts, I guess. So everybody gets one. I just saw this thing today. <laughs> it's, it's, it's odd that I'm choosing to do this first test episode. I just saw a post by a... <laughs> how, how, how delicate am I going to be? I've met a lot of celebrities. In this show, I'll, I, I might go into, without telling exactly who they are, I might go into some stories. But overall, great experiences. This person, I don't follow. I follow her on Instagram. She's a horror actress. And she uh, she's known for a very, very popular horror movie. She follows me on Twitter. I have not... I don't use Twitter very often to know if she still does or not. Uh, I, I just find that kind of, you know, one of those things where if you log into Twitter and you see that the person's not following you back that you really wanted them to follow you back, you're kind of disillusioned when they unfollow you. So you're like, eh, okay. But she wasn't a very important person. But I just saw this post today because of who she thinks that she is. <laughs> uh, and it made me, it made me not like her. And I was so close to posting. This is what it gets into self-censorship. I just don't want to get into it with people because when you talk to one person, you're not talking to one person anymore. You're talking to them, fans of them, and all these people come out of the woodwork. Try to bring you down. So, I just kind of left it in my head. I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I don't feel like getting blocked today. I, you know, I'm going to watch you, and I'm going to because I'm going to get into what she said, what she posted, because it was, it was very, it's very interesting. And this will all circle around to uh, regular people and people in the industry and celebrities. And yeah, so here we go. She posted a screenshot of somebody asking her on Twitter, I guess, if she if if they do podcasts do you do podcasts and she says 
only ones with 5,000 subscribers or over 5,000 subscribers. And I just, I just felt like, I don't know what that person would think of them finally getting in touch with somebody and then getting something like that thrown back at them. I was trying to think of it from the standpoint of I get somebody's attention and want them to know my podcast. And what I wanted to really say to her was that, you know, numbers are interesting because you'd like to think that you have control. She, she said that in the caption, she said she likes, you know, serious podcasters. And she thinks over 5,000 followers are your serious people. And, you know, she's trying to weed out people. But at the same time, it, I mean, she's popular, but, you know. For me, starting my podcast now, it just kind of sucks the confidence out and go, well, I guess now my goal is to get 5,000 followers and show her and not ask her to be part of this. It's almost like you want to, you always want to do something, this, this is my take on it, I always want to do something out of spite, just to prove the other person wrong. If they can't believe what you do, they can't believe in your work, then you have to prove to them in some form that they were wrong, that they were wrong about you. So she posts that thing about only doing serious podcasters, and the thing that my response wasn't going to be something like, "Well, who do you think you are?" Because you know she would say, "Well, here's my IMDb. That's exactly who I am. Um, here's my filmography. Here's all this stuff. Here's who I am." I wanted to tell her that these numbers are only going to get serious. Like, I don't know how streaming radio and all these different podcasts necessarily work, but their numbers are going to fluctuate. Their numbers are going to not be consistent. And if you're getting 5,000 people to listen to your podcast, you know, you're doing the top-of-the-line podcasts. And she's wanting to, I guess she's had bad experiences with, you know, I guess people like me who just start a podcast, you know, what, the day before? And that's what I think that these people are treating people like. You know, that's why I never got into YouTube. Because YouTube kept taking things away from us. Um, we have to have over a thousand subscribers to do a lot of stuff. And we don't have a thousand subscribers. We can't even go live on YouTube anymore. Because they are keeping out the riffraff. All these years, it's taken them to catch up. Maybe they shouldn't have done all this stuff to all these people. They've, they've, they've let a lot of people through, is what I'm saying. I didn't like that because it gave... it, In a way, it gave me no confidence. In another way, it gave me like the ultimate confidence, like I said, that I would be better than that and not get her. And... Um, but, I, you know, I wouldn't even get her anyways. <laughs> that's, that's a stupid thing. Uh, but I just don't like when people just have to come out and say, 
Because I, I, I've had that happen before when I would uh, ask somebody, once I asked somebody to, to help out with the project, and they gave me three different excuses. One would have solved it. But this person gave me three reasons. Because every reason didn't sound like enough on its own. The first one was, they don't know if they're going to have time to do it. It's like, okay. Okay. The second reason was, you know, I'm in the union. And then I said, well, we have ways we can, you know, get around that or have somebody come in that is from the union and help us. After they already said that they couldn't do it because of time. Third reason. <laughs> the third reason was, I only do shows that have followings. As a circle goes back around to what the woman with the podcast said, the woman who did not want to be booked on these mediocre podcast she only wants to do the top of the line podcast that i guess for whatever reason want to talk to you okay but when the person that i was talking to has to give that many excuses like i said one would have sufficed they did not have time i guess they didn't like all my i forget all my responses to it but i guess it it just eventually came down to you know and especially, <laughs> here's what all tipped it off. When you stay true to somebody's word. This all started when I wanted to make it sound like I wanted to do a project with all these people. And this person responds with, make it happen. Okay. A few months later, I was trying to make it happen. And he happened to give me three different excuses. The time thing, I would understand. The union thing? Yes. Neither, neither one of those actually hurts my feelings. The time thing. You know, you're, you're, that happens a lot. Somebody says, Oh, I don't think I'll have time. Going back to me having videos on Facebook. Nobody had time to watch the stuff. That doesn't really hurt your feelings too much. You just kind of roll your eyes in your head. If they're not there, you roll your eyes. But if they're there, you roll your eyes in your head. That doesn't hurt your feelings. And the second one, the union thing. That doesn't hurt me. Because that's understandable. He is now acknowledging that I'm not professional. Okay. He only wants to work with professional people. And then I happen to say, and uh, we could have ways to, you know, get around that. And and then it just come down to, you know, I only do projects that have followings. And that was like the nail in the coffin. Which is ironic because that's what our show was about. Vampires and coffins. That's the one that just made me go... Why three excuses? Why those three? In that order. I'm, I'm pretty sure that they, they're all in that order. 
And I can only imagine the time one would be, well, you know, we got any time. Any time, we'll, we'll be flexible. Any time. And then he goes into the union thing. And then he probably didn't like that I said that we, he probably wanted to say no. It was, it was the nicest way to say no. And he just ended up saying the ultimate thing you don't want to hear. You're not popular enough. I only do things that, that are popular. Did not even, <laughs> did not even give me a leeway of confidence to say, you know, this little wink of, you know, call me when you are, you know. He just wanted to kind of like leave it like that. And again, that's why I'm doing this show. To get all these experiences that I've had over the years of why I am the way I am and why I'm hesitant at working with just anybody. You know, the people that I've trusted over the years are not the best people. We've had some luck. I've had, you know, I, I know who my people are that have really helped us over the years. I know who they are. And they're the people that I am overwhelmed with what they've done for us. And then there's the people that you wish could be part of your life and you're underwhelmed by their perception of... I remember reading in, in a William Shatner book um, of... I don't know how much this stays true to what he does, but, um, you know, when the phone rings, he always picks it up. He's not, I don't think he's somebody who always says yes to a project, but he is somebody that when the phone, when the phone rings, he always picks up because you never know when the phone's going to stop ringing. And I don't know why actors that I talk to just can't have that kind of thinking or open-mindedness. Um, I could go into another story about other actors that I've approached over the years. And and you know, these days with so many social things, it's become just outrageous in what's put out there. But, um, you know, there's cameo, and there's there's different ways for these actors to make money when they're not acting, which takes away from you know, them helping you or them being part of your life in ways that would have been more special had Cameo not existed. Um, but I just think that the way things are handled, and this is the way it's happened for me, um, you just... You, you need some kind of spring of confidence. And you don't want somebody to give you false confidence. You know, like if the guy did say, call me you know, later. He just sounds like somebody that would not stay true to that. He didn't say it, but he just sounds like somebody that wouldn't stay true to it. Because me, down on my luck that day, hearing him, if he did say that, I would immediately think, well, he wants to work with me. I'm going to keep him, you know, I'm going to still consider working with him in my future projects. But once somebody just flat out gives you so many excuses, it, it deters you. It, it, it makes you not want to work with them. 
And it's like maybe well that maybe that was just supposed to happen that way. You learn from your different experiences. Here I was learning from something that wasn't even going to be an experience. My experience was not getting one. Or not being allowed to prove myself. You know. Why can't you have confidence in me that my thing would be popular because you were in it? You know? This, the way I look at it is I, I'd want to do something beneficial for both collaborators. And that's the most honest you could be about a situation. If somebody wants to work with you and you want to work with them, you you work how you, you want it to work for both of you. And if they're more excited about the than you are, then I think I think you know you got it good then. If you can have a project and they're more excited about it than you. That would be the ultimate because that would then you could use that as your confidence to get you through the rest of that day and have you wake up the next morning and reevaluate how you're going to pursue your, your your next idea or your or you're your, your continuing off the idea that they just immediately said yes, you know, without a doubt. Work on those ideas is the best advice that you could probably give somebody. Is the stuff that stays true to your heart. If they if they're so excited about what you like, especially when you're down, and you don't think what you're what you what you do and what you put out there works, and somebody comes along and says this works. I want to be part of this. That's the best. That's the best thing that could happen. Still, you know, it could become a rocky thing back and forth if it, you know, an idea is only going to be as good as the people that help succeed at it. And then that, that goes back to the experience thing of having fun on a project and being so excited to work with all these people. It not going the way you want it to. Everything not turning out the way it was supposed to in your head. And then all of a sudden you have these regrets. And I just think, don't do that to yourself. I wouldn't want that. I would not want my actors to be upset with me. I would not want my actors to go on Twitter or Instagram talking about me. Because I know that I wouldn't do anything that would make them want to do that. I know I was gonna I was gonna try to do this as a short test video or test test podcast. But I'm I'm already getting ready to hit an hour, so I better stop. But this is going to be an adventure. And I, and I want this podcast to be sort of an adventure for the both of us. Everybody who's listening. I haven't had a whole lot of experience in the film industry. But I've met a lot of people from it. I have talked to a lot of people from it. I've even collaborated with some. 
I'm still hopeful for my idea, whatever I have, that's going to just be the key thing. Be the one that goes, bam, you know, it happens. And try, <laughs> I don't want to try, even though it might end up being that way, to do something in spite. Because I think everybody does that. Everybody is going to do that, to try to prove that they can do something. Especially especially if they're told they can't. I've never been told that I can't do something. Like nobody's ever told me that I can't create or I can't or I, I shouldn't be an actor. I've never had any, anybody tell me that. I've just communicated with actors that you know they have their own path and they just they don't want to t take a look at what the path that I could set out for them would be but I guess I have more confidence in myself that I would want to be the one to bring them back and they don't realize that they don't realize that that day that I call them they get that call it's me with an idea, something that they want to say yes to. And it not only changes my life, because whatever they say, if they say yes, it will change my life. The ultimate would be to change theirs. That's, that's when you know, if, you're in the, if you want to be in the entertainment industry, that's your best bet is to work with the people who want to work with you and just create keep on creating so this will be the end of this episode uh, i'd like to thank everybody who's listened so far um i will i will try to do short uh shorter ones and once i get into the po uh, political parts Again, I just want to take things and piece things logically of how they are heard and what's being said and how they are interpreted. Um, but this was a fun one just to talk as the industry and what that I would like to be part of. Um, I'm hopeful for the people that I have met. And I know, the, I know the people that I want to know. And I know that there are chances for me. There are opportunities, and I know that one day somebody is going to come along and give me the opportunity to create opportunities for others. Thank you for listening. This has been Richard Wigan of the Some Other Useless Podcast, and I will see you next time. We will try to be Mondays, Wednesdays, and whatever days. Whatever days meaning, we could have two or three more episodes at the end of the week, depending on what goes on in the in the world. So Mondays, Wednesdays, and whatever days. Until then, I hope you have a great day, afternoon, night. I don't know whenever you're listening to this. Just wherever you are, have a good one. Bye.